Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversations interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, and overcoming the odds. More importantly, how to live a balanced life. That's what I preach on this show all the time. You can be successful, but I can have family there. Got to slow it down. Got to some time. Got to be about you. My guest is a double HBCU graduate from Tennessee State University and Meharry Medical College. She was an active member of the Black Panther Party during the late 60s and early 70s. She is currently the physician slash CEO of MedStop Consult Group, CEO slash publisher of Impeccable Magazine, CEO of GetYourRefill.com and Veterans Claim Services. GetYourRefill.com is an online prescription service. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the CEO of GetYourRefill.com, Dr. Alicia Kane. Good morning. Good morning, LaShawn. And thank you for having me. I'm very excited about um, the opportunity to speak to your um, vast audience. I appreciate it. I like the word vast. It's always good to be vast in this day and age because, uh, you know, social media, podcasts, you know, we're in an era where you can count, you can control your, your own destiny because of the platforms that are available out there to be able to visually and audibly uh, text and, and get words out and then and, and change the game and so but I want to step back a little bit right now because I want to talk about your your career and your your academic training you are a double HBCU graduate uh notably the last two years I said last two years there's been a, a huge momentum for the academic success uh capabilities or uh, accomplishments that's being achieved by people who have attended HBCUs or currently attending HBCUs talk about your experience and talk about any motivational statements you can say about HBCU schools? Okay, so I graduated from Tennessee State University and also Meharry Medical College. Mm-hmm. Prior to attending Tennessee State University, I had attended Brooklyn College in New York, mm-hmm. which is not an HBCU. And my experience there was quite different from my experience at Tennessee State University. When you are in a majority school, in majority in quotes, you don't get the, I felt I did not get the attention. I did not get the motivation. I did not get the help in career planning that I received at Tennessee State University. Right. And seeing people who look like you as heads of departments, as your counselors, as your, as your everything, it changes you. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to do better. It gives you hope. Mm-hmm. If they can do it, I can do it. Plus, they tend to have your same cultural background, so they know where you are coming from. Right. Relatable stories. 
relatable experiences. Right. Know about Absolutely. the challenges you will face once you receive this degree or currently facing as an everyday person of color in this country, especially during that time and especially the times we're living right now. It's just that the the, the curtain, uh, they say this is a magic show. You know, the wizard behind the curtain, we can see the wizard. He's actually, and now we're trying to let everybody know that we're tired of that same game. And both both Absolutely. in academics, perfectly in, a, in a, the, the, the justice systems and the uh, mm-hmm. financial system. But uh, I just want to bring up Meharry Medical College. That is a famous school for medical training. What makes that school so special? That school is so special, uh, very special to me, again, because that is a uh, African-American run school. Right. And you have the president is African-American. When, when my class graduated, I won't tell you the year, it was some years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> we had the largest female ever at Meharry mm. um, at that time. Now mm. it's probably 50-50. Mm-hmm. And so the time that those instructors took with us, just seeing, again, you are what you see. Mm-hmm. And just seeing black doctors concentrated, caring about you, caring about your education, it makes a difference because I did my residency in a majority hospital. Right. And the difference is profound. Wow. Qualified to compete. That's what we're talking about. Qualified right. to compete. To Qualified be able to, to compete. To excel. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I look at the when you talk about your class at the time and I look at African-American women today, um, most notably if you want to slide into politics, more likely that Joe Biden's uh, vice presidential candidate is probably going to be uh, an African-American female. And I, I look at a lot of the uh, cities that are being run that have prominent, creating mm-hmm. prominent voices, Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, Stacey yeah, Abrams. <laughs> you know, these 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 voices are proven to be very significant and very mm-hmm. because we all know in the Democratic world that the African-American woman has played a prominent role in the vote, in the vote. And, and she absolutely has. And it's been ignored. It's not touted. It's not publicized. And that's what that's why, you know, one of the things where I got the opportunity to bring you on the show, I, it, it was it was your activism, your your strength, your, your you know, because we're going to talk about all your accomplishments currently. But I always say it's a journey to get through. I have a journey in my life. And when I when I talk about uh, the Black Panther organizations uh, that, that, that something that were basically uh, under siege by the government where miss miss uh bad propaganda was put out about them you when I see uh when I see uh white men going up to the state capitol of Michigan carrying guns you mm-hmm. know and, and then mm-hmm. everybody going I'm cool aren't you cool mm-hmm. 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 you know but uh, black panthers were doing the same thing and guess what shot at killed arrested talk about your experience during that period and and if you can't pull back the curtain a little bit and let us know what exactly was the purpose and some of the things that was done to undermine the black panther movement okay so as a teenager i joined the black panther party along with a lot of other teenagers Mm -hmm. and at that time you had SNCC, you had naacp you had malcolm x you had Stokely Carmichael. These are all the people that I remember from my teenage years. Mm-hmm. And and during that time, the Black Panther Party had its own philosophy about, you know, non uh, don't lay, the, you know, don't just sit there peacefully. Mm-hmm. That was the 
philosophy, but the other philosophy was community involvement. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that the Panther Party asked for all of those years ago, because remember, we're talking the 60s, early 70s. The first, one of the first things they said was an end to police brutality. Right. So what's going on now is nothing new. Mm-hmm. We want education. I'm trying to remember it from all those years. We want education for our people. That's not new. We want adequate housing and health care. These were the tenets of the Black Panther Party. And the Black Panther Party felt we could not get those rights because they were our rights. We all pay taxes without without some strong commands toward to the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and that led to them being um, counter-programmed in a way with the media, uh, attacked by local police and, uh, and the government. And, and killed. And, and killed. killed. I've known people in the party who were killed. And that's the sad part about it. And, and the sad mm-hmm. part about it is that as I watch America open up, there's an old wound that's always been there. Right. All, we've always. all people of color. You know, I always tell people when I walk in the room, oh, you know who I am. Okay, I am a black mm-hmm. man walking in the room. That is nothing mm-hmm. I can disguise. And so that right. means that I've had to compete against my own skin color all my life. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And so you've mm-hmm. you've been in a competitive world all your life as well, but that has not slowed your success story. Let's let's start with the let's move a little bit from the medical, let's move a little bit from the activism. Let's go to you being the CEO and publisher of Impeccable magazine. Tell us about that. Okay, so um, I'm always concerned about the image that we have. Yes, ma'am. And I feel that our image is uh, not, we are not given the best image in mainstream media. And so as I have a daughter and I was, of course, I'm a black woman and the images we have, we just don't, we just don't see ourselves in a positive light. We don't see our hair. We don't see our beauty. We don't see our culture. Mm-hmm. So Impeccable Magazine was born out of the need to give black women, a, a black young women, a publication that they could see, that they could see themselves, they could see their beauty, they could see their intelligence. We also, we have also given artisans the opportunity to be published for the first time, a lot of them for the first time. Mm-hmm. You have writers, you have uh, stylists, you have photographers, you have models. A lot of them cannot get into mainstream media, so we have published them. We also have provided some scholarships. But the main thing is for the magazine, I wanted to, I strongly feel that you are what you see. Right. And you are what you don't see. Mm-hmm. If you constantly see negative images of yourself, then you start taking on that persona. So I wanted to give all women an alternative. And when you, I was growing up, I had to read Seventeen magazine. I didn't see me in Seventeen magazine. Absolutely, that's true. That that's true, and that's that's important. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, because what happens is if you don't see yourself, you start trying to shift yourself to look like something that right. you're not, and you start to yeah. think that what you are is not right, or you start questioning, can you succeed with that look that you were born with? Right. And and yeah. so that's really what, and, and I think some ways social media has accelerated that thought process, you know, plastic surgery in the African-American community mm-hmm. is on the rise. More people are concerned about likes, more people are concerned about how the position of their different body parts are, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, just, to, just to generate some type of a, a, a longing for, hey, this is me. And with your magazine, which I have up in you know, departments like 
fashion, beauty, and hair. And I love the wig department, that wig section that you have in your in your because I got it pulled up on my screen. I'm able to talk about this. But when you talk <laughs> okay. about fashion, you talk about beauty, you talk about hair, which is the very core of not only just the African American community, but community of color. So why just before we go we leave out of this break, you know, having fashion, having beauty and hair. Expound on that importance of that imagery that is important that when we look, we see somebody like us, we see somebody that shares an experience or a culture that we can carry out the door and feel comfortable with wearing. It's very empowering when you see your images in a very positive manner. And it also boosts your self-esteem, which is going to help you make better decisions. But in the magazine, we also have articles on health. Mm -hmm. We feature each month. Uh, a black museum so that you can get further information in terms of a lot of people don't know that there are a lot of schools that have black archives. So if you don't know your history, you can't move forward. So we have a feature each month. We feature women and men in the community whom we call unparalleled. They are successful and they have made significant contributions to um, the black, black community. The fashion, beauty, lifestyle, we're unique. We're unique in that. We have a sense of fashion. My mom used to tell me, God rest her soul, she said back in the 1920s, we see on TV the flappers, you know, we see the Charleston. My mom said black people had passed that stage long time ago by the time it got to the 1920s. Absolutely. I'm talking to uh, Dr. Alicia Kane um, and also enjoying all these covers that are because if you go to the website, it just pops up all the covers. I see my boy Rick Party and Sasha the Diva on the cover. See my boy uh, mm-hmm. Bernard Brano on the cover. Uh, mm-hmm. Headcracker on the cover. It's a it's a it's a beautiful magazine uh, that should be viewed by all. You know, back in the day. You know, when we had Essence, we had Ebony and Jet. Right. That, that used to be on your right. living room coffee table. That had to be there. That was right. the magazine. Everyone. 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 That, that established your, who you were as a black boy. Did that's you read right. Ebony? Did you read Ebony? Yeah, that's right. Beauty of the week. I the, missed Jet. The top I, 10. Right. The top 10 countdown right. of all the music in the industry. The, the TV right. shows, all those little sub stories. You just said, right. hey, Rashawn, that storytelling has to be current. Because if we right. lose who we're, the stories we're trying to tell, then we'll lose who we are as a people in the past, present, and we cannot have a proper vision for the future. And also, you're currently the physician slash CEO of MedStop Consult Group. What exactly is that? Okay, so that's my private medical practice, mm-hmm. which I have a really busy bed, uh, medical practice, mm-hmm. and included in that practice is a veteran service. Uh, a lot, a large portion of my medical practice is geared toward helping veterans get their medical benefits that they deserve or that they are qualified to get, but a lot of them have been denied. So they come to me, I go through all of their medical records, and I form a medical opinion that they take to the VA. I have argued for them all the way up to the Board of Veteran Appeals, and we have won. Because a lot of veterans don't know what they can claim, but when they are, when they claim it, if they got injured during the service, and when they claim it, they get denied. And so... I help them to reverse that denial. I help them to get their claims. Uh, I've been doing it for the past 10 years. Now, this is really kind of weird. Somebody went service of the country, right? Then they come mm-hmm. back over here. Can you give us an example, like, like giving a name or we know exactly right. who you're talking about? 
give us a couple of examples of what, because right now I'm confused, you know, as to why you should be okay. denied somebody a claim when the injury was caused under during their service of the country. Help me out. So, okay. So what happens is the veteran, while he's in the military, right. if, if, he, if he doesn't go to sick call, then there's no documentation of his illness. And from what the veterans tell me, they're told while they're in the military, if you go to sick call, you're nammy pammy, suck it up. You know, that they're discouraged, discouraged from going to sick call. So when they come out and say, oh, I have a shoulder injury, then the, then the VA will say, well, where's your documentation? Mm. So it's a catch-22. Mm. So what happens when I go through the medical records, I can pick up terminology that the veteran is, you know, he he's not capable of picking up that terminology or I can go back and say, no, these were symptoms of this condition or yes, he had this, even if I find one sentence. Mm -hmm. So he can be denied because when he comes out, they'll say, well, it didn't happen in the military or you had it before you went into the military or it was not exacerbated by the military. Those are the three types of claims, and that's my job. I tell a veteran, don't worry, it's my job to prove it. And we have, I don't even advertise, it's all word of mouth through the veterans, and we have like a 90, I'd say 97% success rate. Congratulations. Oh, and I've seen thousands of veterans. Now help mm -hmm. me out here, because I'm kind of confused here. Okay, cool. Uh, the, I thought there was a medical plan. My, my younger brother, he served in the Army. And uh, if you had, if you, aren't aren't all former military men covered by a medical plan? Well, see, medical and 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 benefit medical right and claims are two different services. I get veterans that say, "Well, I was in the military, and I'm being treated in the military." Okay, they separate medical and claims. Claims is you're going to get a monthly check for your claims. Right. Medical, you're going to get medical treatment. Okay, so, so okay, okay, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that you're going on behalf of someone who has an injury that should get a, should, should file a claim, and not so much about right. treatment; it's about a claim. It's about a claim, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and getting a monthly check for injuries sustained during the military. And some of those injuries don't show up until years later. For instance, all the Vietnam veterans now, they know that a Viet in Vietnam, the spray caused diabetes, prostate cancer, heart conditions, and it might not show up until years later. So it's my job to know this to know all the rules, to know all the regulations, to know how you can win your claim. Okay. So just clear up for my listeners. This is not about medical care. This is about claims. It being a file a claim for claims. A, when you say spray, can you explain to us exactly what you mean when you say the word spray during the Vietnam War? Okay, during the Vietnam War, they had Agent Orange. Right. I heard about that. It was called Agent Orange, right. And it was a type of spray a type of chemical that they sprayed on the foliage in Vietnam to kill the foliage. So it's like, so a, like, like, like weed killer almost. Right. So what happens is the veterans had to spray this, obviously. And a lot of them were exposed and the conditions didn't show up until years later. Wow. So yeah. now if you, if you're a veteran, you have di If you're in Vietnam, you have diabetes, you have, uh, prostate cancer, you have a heart condition, you have certain cancers, you can put in a claim. 
Now that's that's something because I've you know I, I read a lot and I read about Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. I read about you mm-hmm. know just, just being dropped down and uh, on mm-hmm. top of soldiers in certain areas to kill mm-hmm. uh, vegetation. And like I said, it's just like right. me, it's that's like me Agent walking around because you know it's like me walking around my yard and, and, and using weed killer to kill you know mm-hmm. the, the weeds in my mm-hmm. rocks. So that, imagine mm-hmm. that being dropped down on you, right? And a lot of their military duty and they didn't get sick on the spot but right. years later and each area of war each time of war have different conditions yes, so ma'am. the Afghanistan war the Iraq war you have different illnesses yes, you did. coming from those wars and then the main thing you have and PTSD and that was the Gulf War right that's when you had the, the, Gulf burn, war. the burning of the uh, burning right, of the oil, the of the oil factors right mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And you was you was inhaling that along the way. I know my brother; right. he was serving over there at the time, and I was worried about that because, I, you know, let's put it this way: you inhale something, it comes into your body, it comes into your lungs, it comes in your bloodstream, and that's not going to be a good thing. And so, if you continue right. to live like that, just like the whole situation with coal miners and things like that, you know mm-hmm. now that living under there, inhaling, the, you might not see your enemy, but your enemy is. Into entering your body and doing damage, and that's really what you're right. about when you're trying to protect these, protect these uh, veterans with information and get around the bureaucratic nonsense that tends to that tends to block right. the opportunity to file a claim. How do you feel when you do that? That has to be really a good feeling for you, Doctor Kane. It is because I really respect and honor our veterans, and so many of them don't have the information. And sometimes I feel we may be more impacted than others, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. We don't have the information, don't know how to fight the bureaucrats. That's my job, though. Medically, that's my job. I know, I know the disease. I know how it's connected to the military. And not only that, you had contaminated water in Camp Lejeune. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of military military uh, factors that go into your current illness, and a lot of veterans just don't know how to get their claims or they were denied. Cool. I want to move to something that's very important. That's online prescription. Uh, you're the CEO okay. of GetYourRefill.com. Tell us uh, <laughs> the, the idea and tell us how it works. All right. So before I say that, I just want to make it clear. My baseline is as a medical doctor and I have all of these projects because I just I just have all this energy. Okay, so get your free (laughs) I kind of figured that, Dr. Kane. I gave out all these credits to let people know who you are talking to. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So what happened was when COVID-19, when this pandemic Started. I started getting calls from some of my family, mainly my family, my friends, and I started getting calls from former patients and even a couple of veterans. They're saying, Dr. Kane, we can't get our prescriptions filled. And I said, why not? We're on these medications. We can't get the, even the doctor's office had closed. Um, either they couldn't afford right now to get a, go to another, take, have another doctor's visit or the telemedicine, the appointment was like two or three weeks down the line. And these people had been on, some of them had been on their medication for years and they needed to get a refill because you have to have a refill in order for the pharmacy, you know, to give you your medication. Absolutely. Some people had during the pandemic, their health insurance was discontinued. You also had people, and I've worked with these people over the years. This is not new to the pandemic. They are released from detention centers. They're released from prisons. They're given one month supply of medication. Then it's up to them to figure out how to get their medication from that point on. 
So you have a lot of people who in March just say we're released from prison. They have a 30 day supply. They have no way of getting another prescription because they're not even in the healthcare system pre pandemic. Mm. And so you have people with diabetes, high blood pressure, heart conditions, asthma, COPD, even some people with cancer that need to take their medication yes, and they can't get a refill. So once I started getting these calls, I said, hmm, that might, there might be a need for this. So I created a website, getyourrefill.com, and it's temporary. It's on an emergency basis. I did it just for the pandemic because I have a lot of other projects that I'm doing <laughs> and to help people out. So they can go to the website. They have to currently have been on the medication. I'm not going to prescribe new medication for them, right. and I don't prescribe for them narcotics. I do not do that, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. So if they are on diabetes, high blood pressure, they can upload a copy of their, just take a picture of your prescription off the bottle, upload it, and I'll write you a new prescription for a 30-day supply on an emergency basis mm -hmm. for a 60-day supply, excuse me. And I will send it, we will email it to the pharmacy of your choice anywhere in the United States. Mm. Mm. Now, why hasn't this been done before? I don't know, but when, you know, <laughs> no, when I see a need know, for something, it, I just jump into it. Because there's a need, if, I'm just telling you, sometimes, you know, because I'm on uh, different pills because I'm a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I have to go through the the challenges of sometimes contacting mm -hmm. my doctor exactly. and things like mm -hmm. that. And so when I, mm -hmm. so I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what they're concerned about. I remember I, I walked up to a, a counter and we go, okay, you're, you, you, we can't give you any more subscriptions. You have to talk mm -hmm. to your doctor. Mm -hmm. and then you contact the doctor right. and he hadn't responded back to him. And so you're like, okay, look here. I, I need my pills. I need my medicine. Right. And so, right. so, so, so basically go through it one more time. What one has to do to use the getyourrefill.com that was established for the code foot 19 period that we're in right now. Protect okay. your health. Protect your health. And, and I do want to say that if you're not, if you, if you are forced to stop taking your medication, again, there could be serious complications, strokes, heart attacks. Right here. Serious complications. Again, protect your health, diabetes, high mm -hmm. blood pressure, asthma, heart asthma. problems, or other right. chronic diseases are still very serious right. medical conditions. Get your prescription in any state. Go to getyourrefill.com. I'm talking to the CEO, Dr. Alicia Kane. Doctor, I, 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 we talked about a lot of stuff today. And, we did. Which means that you got to come back on my show because I love talking to you. I really do. I love talking to you because I got one more product I want to talk about on your show. It's called the Wig Phoenix. Okay, talk it to him about it. Let's, let's get that in before we get out of here. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Wig Phoenix, I created this machine. I didn't create the machine. I created the method yes, using steam and the latest in heat technology. It's a portable machine that can fit on your counter. You put your wig in it after you roll your wig up, and your wig comes out looking like magic. Wow. So now, you take old raggedy wigs and we restore those old raggedy wigs to look like new. Come on now. You know, this yeah. is not something you tell me at the end of the interview, <laughs> Dr. Lisa King. That's a that's a I that's an interview stuff. After the program. Okay, cool. I would uh, love to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh this is wonderful. Uh definitely want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Thank You're you wonderful. For me. And I, I love your energy, love your synergy, and I love the your passion. Please remember don't change, okay? Thank you for coming on Money All Making right, Conversation. And I have and social media at Impeccable Health.
Awesome. This, if you want to hear more interviews on Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.